Five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Friday Erev Shabbos and Chag Sameach. Today is Yom Yerushalayim. Today is the 28th of ER. Today is the anniversary of the reunification of Jerusalem after the 1967 Six-Day War. Chag Sameach. Chag Yom Yerushalayim Sameach. From all of us here at JM in the AM. city known for its beauty splendor and grace come let us find the words to describe her she is not like not like any other Tzadik, 
who live by this very road. Step into a shul, you almost can hear the words of the sages speaking the wisdom Where of all. else in this world can you find a wall? Whenever you touch it, it touches you. Reach for its stones, they're moist with the tears Of our hopes and our dreams That we know will soon come true Yerushalayim, the place to live Yerushalayim, harim savim Yerushalayim, shel shalom Yerushalayim, we're going home Yerushalayim, the sky so blue to shul as the siren invites the queen. Shabbos has come, bringing peace to each home. The city's at rest, the feeling is so Shalom, 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 Shalom,
Shall I am Shell Zahav, Vishel Neho? 
Shalayim shel Reb Shulem Tilim Zeiger Veshelam Dvavnik Moreb Zundel HaTzadik Shel Nagar Ba'ir HaAtika Ushmuel Eizer Shel Purim Alegra Umishloach Purim Leeks Shel Nagar Ba'ir HaAtika Ushmuel Eizer Shel Purim Alegra Umishloach Purim Leeks Zot Yerushalayim Zot Yerushalayim Zot Yerushalayim Ay, 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 ay Zot Yerushalayim Zot Yerushalayim Zot Yerushalayim Ay, 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 ay זו ירושלים של רב שיהיה הידוע, שפגש בדרך שודדים והוא לבד. מכיסו הוציא אז צימוקים אלו החופן, וברך בורא פרי גפן הם ברחו מיד. מכיסו הוציא אז צימוקים אלו החופן, וברך בורא פרי גפן הם ברחו מיד. זאת ירושלים. Yerushalayim Zot Yerushalayim Ay, 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 ay Zot Yerushalayim Zot Yerushalayim Zot Yerushalayim Ay, 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 ay בחצרות עירי ההיא היו גרים ביחד יהודים וגם ערבים בשקט ובכבוד הסמטאות אולי אותן הסמטאות אבל עירי ההיא איננה עוד הסמטאות אולי אותן הסמטאות אבל עירי ההיא איננה עוד זאת ירושלים זאת ירושלים זאת ירושלים שאיננה עוד זאת ירושלים זאת ירושלים זאת ירושלים
אז בוקר היום השני למלחמה בירושלים. האופק החביר במזרח. היינו בעיצומו של הקרב על גבעת התחמושת. לחמנו שם מזה שלוש שעות. התנהל קרב עקשני, קטלני. הירדנים נלחמו בעקשנות. זה היה יעד מבוצר בצורה בלתי רגילה. בשלב מסוים של הלחימה נשארו לידי ארבעה חיילים בלבד. עלינו לשם בכוח של שתי פלוגות. לא ידעתי היכן האחרים כיוון שהקשר עם דודיק המ"פי ניתק עוד בתחילת הקרב. באותו רגע חשבתי שכולם נהרגו. שתיים, שתיים ושלושים, נכנסנו דרך הדרשים, בשדה האש והמוקשים של גבעת התחמושת. מול בונקרים מבוצרים ומרגמות מאה עשרים חששתי שהירדנים יזרקו רימונים נוספים. מישהו היה צריך לעלות למעלה ולהשגיח. לא היה לי זמן לשאול מי מתנדב. שלחתי את איתן. איתן לא היסס לרגע. עלה למעלה והתחיל להפעיל את המקלעון. לפעמים היה עובר אותי והייתי צריך לצעוק לו שיישאר בקו שלי. ככה עברנו איזה שלושים מטר. איתן היה מחפה מלמעלה ואנחנו טיהרנו את הבונקרים מבפנים. עד שנפגע בראשו ונפל פנימה. אל הגוחים והמסילות ואל המוות בבחילות של גבעת התחמושת. ואיש שאל, מה לא שאל? מי שהלך, 
As we say, Chag Sameach, Yom Yerushalayim Sameach, everybody. Today is Jerusalem Day as we commemorate what happened back in 1967 on the 28th day of ER um, during the Six-Day War, the reunification of Jerusalem. Uh, and here at JM in the AM, we, uh, we celebrate our brothers and sisters in Jerusalem and in Israel. Uh, they're already at uh, almost 2 o'clock. Israel time on a Friday afternoon, Yom Yerushalayim. So I would assume the celebrations are starting to wind down in the Holy City. And of course, the big parade, the flag parade was yesterday. Uh, But here it's uh, just about 6.40 in the morning, 20 minutes before 7 a.m. Our Yom Yerushalayim is just getting started. And to all the schools and synagogues, organizations and groups that make special mention and have special celebrations today for Yom Yerushalayim. Kol Thank you for celebrating Jerusalem Day. We here in the New York area are trying to um, give everybody in the diaspora a taste, a flavor of what today is all about. 
Hence the playlist you just heard with Givata Dachmoshet and Zot Yerushalayim and Yerushalayim Shal Zahav and Omeid Al Hachomot standing on the walls of the Holy City, Hakotel, and the different Jerusalem songs that we're going to be featuring all through the morning here at JM in the AM. So happy Jerusalem Day, Yom Yerushalayim. An hour from now, our weekly update. Malcolm Holmline is scheduled to join us. Harry Rothenberg and Rabbi Yudin will be speaking to us about this week's Torah portion. Mayor Weingarten of Blessed Memory. And by the way, those of you who are <laughs> using this morning to remember Mayor, which is wonderful. A lot of people have mentioned Mayor to me over the last uh, 24 hours or so, especially as clips of the 1967 capture of Harabayat that were going around virally on Yom Yerushalayim and the day before Yom Yerushalayim. Uh, for those of you who are using the opportunity to remember Mayor, thank you. And uh, yes, when you hear these songs, it's hard not to think of Mayor Weingarten. When you hear our Yom Yerushalayim special, and of course the other days that Mayor joined me on the air for a special programming, it is very hard not to think of him. His uh, second yard site is coming up uh, on the 11th day of Sivan. Those of you who want to commemorate it, keep it in mind. The 11th of Sivan is the yard site of our dear friend Mayor Weingarten. That is Wednesday, the 31st of May, uh, the Wednesday after Shavuos. That's right. He passed away the uh, Shabbos after Shavuos. This year, it's the Wednesday after Shavuos, the art site. So, um, you know, anybody who wants to uh, commemorate his passing and the upcoming second yard site, I thank you for that. And I was so... I was so happy to see that our group of friends and um, associates from Israel are planning on being at Mayor's Kever before the art site uh, for an appropriate commemoration in Beit Shemesh, Israel. Um, the first art site, uh, one would expect that everybody would make a special effort, but it was so nice to see that for the second art site, again, the unique group of friends and associates that uh, Mayor has yeah, I'll use the word has, uh, continues to um, make a strong effort and a successful effort to honor his memory uh, where he uh, where he is peacefully resting eternally. Uh, it is uh, a Friday morning, Erev Shabbos, on this 19th of May, of course, day 28 in the month of ER, because today is Yom Yerushalayim, today is Jerusalem Day, today is day number 43 in the counting of the Omer. That's six weeks in one day. Today is day number 43 in the counting of the Omer. If you got to count last night, make sure to do so sometime today. It's Erev Shabbos Parshas Bamidbar. Uh, this will be the last Shabbos in a while that we will be uh, in sync, so to speak, with our brothers and sisters in Israel, Parsha-wise, because next Shabbos, for us in the diaspora, is the second day of Shavuos, and of course in Israel, Next Shabbos will be Parsha's Nusso. When do we make this up? Well, we definitely make it up before maybe Chukas Balak. Is it possible that Chukas Balak is separate in Israel this year, and that we read uh, and that we read both together on July first? That's what I'm assuming. Uh, probably an easy way to. 
find out. So <laughs> I'm, I'm sure knowing me, this will be part of some discussion <laughs> at some point in the next few weeks. <laughs> so we will definitely revisit this issue. That's for sure. Uh, Erev Shabbos Parshas Bamidbar. Uh, Rosh Chodesh Sivan is Sunday. We'll bench Rosh Chodesh tomorrow. Rosh Chodesh Sivan is tomorrow night, Sunday, a one-day Rosh Chodesh. Uh, keep that in mind. So we will read Machar Chodesh tomorrow. Those of you who have the Haftorah, who have Maftir tomorrow, keep in mind we'll be reading Machar Chodesh tomorrow uh, as the Haftorah. And again, we'll bench Rosh Chodesh Sivan, which will be Sunday, meaning it starts tomorrow night. So keep that in mind as well. A uh, candle lighting on this era of Shabbos Parshas by Midbar. We're calling it for 749 in New York, 749 is our candle lighting time in New York. If you forgot to, well, no, not if you forgot. Uh, just make sure you know when things start where you are. Again, make sure you know when things start where you are, no matter what city on this globe you might be spending Shabbos Parshas Bamidbar. All right. It is Yom Yerushalayim. We should get back to our uh, Yom Yerushalayim celebration here at JM in the AM. Malcolm Holmline is going to be coming up. As we said, Harry Rothenberg and Rabbi Yudin as well. And um, I, I started mentioning Mayer, of course, and how difficult it is for us to get through this day without thinking of Mayer and enjoying the incredible memories and how special he made Yom Yerushalayim for us. Um, coming up after Rabbi Yudin, we will, in fact, be playing Mayer Weingarten of Blessed Memory, his presentation of the sounds of 1967, one of the absolute highlights of being a listener of uh, this radio broadcast. So coming up after Rabbi Yudin in the 8 o'clock hour, the sounds of 1967 as presented by the late, great Mayor Weingarten as only he could here at JM in the AM. More coming up Friday, Erev Shabbos. It's Yom Yerushalayim, and you're listening to JM in the AM. Oh, oh, oh. 
You are my shelter from the storm. I am your guiding light. You are a book whose leaves are torn. I am a page you write. You are the branches of a tree. I am a clinging vine. I am your prayer, Jerusalem. Jerusalem is mine. I have come home, Jerusalem, Jerusalem is California I'm gonna round up every truth I've ever known I'm gonna sit down right down there in front of me I'm gonna take out this guitar and sing them all these songs God is alive and well in Jerusalem yeah a people praying times a day to him Throw away the cars and bars the stocks and bones and up loans Grab a boat, a plane if need be swim See how some folks got a Lincoln Continental With tinted glass so nobody sees him just one time a light to roll down the window Say you ain't gonna fool the Lord with this hunk of tin God is alive and well in Jerusalem, yeah A people praying three times a day to hell Throw away the cars and bombs and snacks and bombs Oh, 
Shayam in the AM with Aryeh Kunstler, Emesh Kachayich, Yerushalayim. God is alive and well in Jerusalem before that with Moshe Hecht. Jerusalem is mine, done by Kenny Karen. Arv Yerushalayim before that one on this Yom Yerushalayim at America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program heard on listeners sponsored digital radio. Round the world of web and AlchemSingle.com and the AlchemSingle Network and, of course, any beloved NSN app. Happy Yom Yerushalayim, everybody, on this 28th of ER as we celebrate the, re- the anniversary of the reunification of Jerusalem on this Friday morning. Candlelighting 749 in New York. Make sure you know when things start where you are. Day number 43 in the counting of the Omer. We forgot to count last night. Make sure to do so sometime today. Machar uh, Chodesh tomorrow will bench Rosh Chodesh Sivan. Rosh Chodesh Sivan is tomorrow night, a one-day Sunday Rosh Chodesh. Galitzal Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast next to JMM. Galitzal Shashtaim Shalom Rav Baulpan Ran Kurtzim Mashikor Achshav. הפרות סדר בעיר העתיקה ביום ירושלים, עימותים פרצו בין ערבים ליהודים סמוך לשער העריות. שוטרי מגב שהגיעו למקום חצצו בין הצדדים והשתמשו באמצעים לפיזור הפגנות. מעידוי האבנים נפצע שוטר אחד ושני צעירים כבני עשרים שפונו על ידי צוות מגן דוד אדום במצב קל לבית החולים שערי צדק בעיר. כתבתנו בבירה, נועה ברנס מוסיפה כי בעיר העתיקה מתקיימות חגיגות ותפילות לרגל יום ירושלים ובמקביל במסגד אל אקצה נערכות תפילות הצהריים. במסגרת אירועי יום ירושלים אלפי שוטרים פרוסים ברחבי העיר. מפקד חיל האוויר האלוף תומר בר החליט לקרקע את מערך מסוקי היסעור עד לסיום בדיקת תקלה טכנית שהתגלתה במסוק יסעור במהלך אימון שגרתי שלשום בלילה. כתבנו הצבאי דורון קדוש מציין שבעקבות התקלה המסוק נחת בבסיס צה"ל במרכז הארץ, אין נפגעים באירוע ולא נגרם נזק למסוק. שר התפוצות עמיחי שיקלי מגבה את אמירותיו של מנכ״ל טוויטר אילון מאסק שהשווה בין המיליארדר היהודי ג'ורג' סורוס לנבל העל מגנטו מהסדרה אקסמן ואמר כי מטרתו לפורר את המרקם החברתי הוא שונא את האנושות שיקלי כתב בחשבון הטוויטר שלו כי הוא מדבר בשם הממשלה והרוב בישראל הרואה באילון מאסק יזם ודמות לחיקוי שיקלי טען כי סורוס מממן ארגונים נגד יהודים ומדינת ישראל וביקורת עליו היא כל דבר מלבד אנטישמיות אלא להפך, כך שר התפוצות. כתבנו המדיני הניר קוזין מוסיף כי בליגה נגד השמצה גינו את ציוציו של מאסק ואמרו כי הם מסוכנים ומעוררים ומעודדים תיאוריות אנטישמיות ופגיעה בקהילה היהודית. 
נשיא אוקראינה זלנסקי נחת בעיר ג'דה שבסעודיה לפני זמן קצר כדי להשתתף בפסגת הליגה הערבית שנפתחת בשעות אלה. כתבנו לענייני ערבים ג'קי חוגי מזכיר כי בפסגה משתתף גם נשיא סוריה בשאר אל-אסד בפעם הראשונה לאחר 12 שנות השעיה. יורש העצר הסעודי מוחמד בן סלמן תיווך באחרונה במשבר בין רוסיה לאוקראינה. זלנסקי הגיע לממלכה במטוס של ממשלת צרפת ומג'דה הוא ימריא להירושימה שביפן כדי להשתתף בפסקת מנהיגי ה-G7 שתתקיים בסוף השבוע. מזג האוויר אצלנו קר מהרגיל לעונה. אלה החדשות.
Yerushalayim Arim Sabidla Sabidla Hashem Sabid Le'amo Me'ata Ve'adodlam Yerushalayim Arim Sabidla Sabidla Hashem Sabid Le'amo Me'ata Ve'adodlam Yerushalayim Arim Sabidla Sabidla
Baula, Khetziba, Eben Mahamasa, Efrata, Deyar, Nucha, Ariel, Harmoe, Yafa, Tula, Kala, Beishid Nurin, Rabati Am, Rabati Bagoyim, Sarati Bamhinot, Yashukubra La, Beitifila, Migdala Eden, Yitzuda, Yididut, Yirusha, Yirusha, Yirlonezava, Gila, Eden, Gan Hashem, Har Marom, Hashem Kedoshim, Atara, Moria, Har Gavar, Yira Yonah, Yira Nehmana, Yira Tzedek, Yehi Zayon, Daltot Amin, Lamot, Achala, Har Akoedet, Har Chemet, Kibat Halbana, Yira David, Yira Neket, Amarom Yisrael, Yam, Nilat Yofi, Har Bashan, Hadre, Ramah, Nebeit Zedek, Yira Kodet, Yira Kodet, on this Yom Yerushalayim, Chaim David with Yerushalayim here at JM in the AM. Uh, Aryeh Kunstler before that. We say Chag Sameach, Yom Yerushalayim Sameach on this 28th day in the month of ER. Thanks so much for joining us, everybody, as we celebrate Jerusalem on this anniversary, the reunification of Jerusalem. Coming up in the 8 o'clock hour, Mayor Weingarten of Blessed Memory with his unforgettable segment on the sounds of 1967. That's coming up right after Rabbi Yudin speaks with us this morning in the 8 o'clock hour here at JM and the AM. Weekly update with Malcolm Holmline is coming up at 7.40 a.m. Eastern time. It's an action-packed, chock-full morning, a Yom Yerushalayim special on a Friday here at JM in the AM. Feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN, Nahum Single Network app for Android and iPhone, and comment away. Let's see what people are saying so far this morning. Listener Tikva is wishing us Shabbat Shalom, Chodesh Tov, and of course, Ma'adim Lesimcha, Ligula Shlema. And all I could say to that is Amen. Um, <laughs> Bakery Guy says, good morning to the goat of Jewish radio. Just want to say thank you and keep up the wonderful work. Thank you. Hashtag cheesecake, he says. <laughs> I, I guess we're less than a week away, right? We're less than a week away <laughs> from everybody making sure to load up on all of their favorite cheesecake offerings. All right. Thank you, Bakery Guy, for that reminder, actually. Uh, Yudi says, Yom Yushalayim Sameach Nachum, a wonderful Shabbos. Chaya with a Moadim L'Simcha Shabbat Shalom. Uh, oh, wow. Tikva, thank you so much for this, listener Tikva. Listener Tikva says, Chukat Balak are never together in Israel. Well, that's the case. Then that, and and they, I'm assuming that they are, I'm, I'm adding this now, I'm assuming that they are together in Chutzlar, it's in the diaspora, and we have this type of situation where next week we're going to start being one parsha off. So on the Shabbos of July 1st, They'll be reading Bullock in Israel and Chukas Bullock everywhere else. Wow, thank you for that clarification. That's a great piece of trivia that you know. I'm so proud that Chukas Bullock are never together in Israel. Um, listener Rinaim? Oh, Rina in Jerusalem says, yes, Chukas and Bullock. Thank you. 
Uh, Happy Zadie says Chag Sameach. We read Chukas Balak together, correct? Um, Listener Mara says Chag Sameach to all. Who's more Jerusalem than Chaim David? That's, that's very true. Beautiful song. Everyone have a great day and an awesome Shabbat. Mensch says, good Arab Shabbos. Do you have my comment from yesterday regarding Rabbi Schreier? I don't think you had time to read it on the end. Now, yesterday I visited uh, the children of Rabbi Schreier, his amazing sons. Um, they were back from Israel and started Shiva here in the United States. And um, we were talking about how Rabbi Schreier is the last of an incredible generation and really an incredible group of uh, American rabbis that were so instrumental in building so many important communities. It was a different era than it is now. Um, Mensch yesterday said, Rabbi Schreier, blessed memory, was my sister and brother-in-law's rabbi when they first got married. I used to go visit there for Pesach. I got to know him and listen to this illust- his illustrious drushas. He was a man of politics, Talmud of Rav Soloveitchik. It would wax nostalgic of him a lot. Yes, Rabbi Schreier and Rabbi Soloveitchik, that was quite a, a Rebbe Talmud relationship. Rabbi Schreier was a tremendous lambda himself and leaves behind an incredible legacy and many of his sons hold rabbinic positions all over as well. Plus, don't forget his grandchildren. That's right. Some of his grandchildren have some great rabbinic positions. I'll miss his friendship and wisdom. And rest in peace. You are now reunited with Rebbitz and Toby. We were talking about Rebbitz and Toby as well because the Schreiers were major, major fans of what we do here every day at JM in the AM. And um, their children were recalling the uh, wonderful memories they had of their parents interacting with us here on this program. It's a JM and AM Friday. Today is Yom Yerushalayim. We are celebrating today. Today is Yom Yerushalayim, 1967, the Six-Day War. Uh, That was the reunification of Jerusalem, a time that uh, certainly none of us, I hope, will ever take for granted. It's one of my my prayers, one of my hopes for the uh, current generation and really for all generations that we never take for granted the fact that now We have a unified Jerusalem, and now Jerusalem is essentially, of course, with, you know, with caveats, with caveats, which we won't add this moment, uh, Jerusalem is in in fact in Jewish hands and uh, being dealt with in a responsible fashion for the most part. Uh, I know that there are difficulties, but today's not the day to focus on those, that's for sure. Uh, Harry Rothenberg has uh, something to say regarding Parsha's Bamidbar on this Friday morning, Erev Shabbos. His words are, in honor of a Rafur Shlema for Ruchama Chana Etol Baschava, Ruchama Chana Etol Baschava, who I saw this week and continues to uh, recuperate and uh, go strong and strongly go forward. And we continue to daven for her with her in our mind at, uh, Ruch- with Ruchama Chana Etel Bas Chava. Ruchama Chana Etel Bas Chava. Harry Rothenberg on Parshas Ben Midbar here at JM in the AM. Outside of Israel, the Kohanim only bless the congregation on the holidays. But in Israel, they bless the congregation every single day. I was in Israel a couple weeks ago, praying in a minion, and the time came. The Chazan began his repetition of the Amida the private Shimon Esrei, and one fellow, obviously a Kohen, got up to walk outside the shul to wash his hands to prepare to bless the congregation. But he shouldn't have been walking out alone. A Levi should have been walking with him because the Levi washes the hands of the Kohen. So I realized what was going on. I jumped up, ran out, and met the Kohen at the sink. I said, I can wash your hands. He said, you're a Levi? I said, no, I'm the next best thing. Not so well known. If there's no Levi present, 
a bachar, a firstborn son, is supposed to wash the hands of the coin. I'm a firstborn son, and so I wash his hands. Rare opportunity, I get to do it once in a blue moon, I like when it happens. How do I know that law? Because it's hidden right in the middle of this week's Parsha. This week, the Levium received their formal appointment. But they're not just appointed, they take over the job from the firstborn sons. The firstborn sons were supposed to serve, but they lost that opportunity when they participated in the sin of the golden calf. So for me, it's bittersweet. On the one hand, apparently, firstborn sons still retain enough sanctity, holiness, status, whatever you want to call it, to pinch it when necessary. On the other hand, I could have been a levy. We had it, and we blew it. And that's an example of coulda, woulda, shoulda, which is a big problem. It's almost always inappropriate. It's, in a sense, kfira. It's denying God's hand in the world and in your personal life. Beating yourself up because you could have bought Tesla when it was at 50. And you could have bought Bitcoin when it was at 500. And you should have taken the turnpike instead of the parkway. There would have been less traffic. Is denying God's involvement. You were supposed to sit in that traffic. Whatever money you did make, you were supposed to make. That and no more and no less. Whatever money you didn't make, you weren't supposed to make. You're not supposed to look backwards. When you look backwards, you're recognizing you did something wrong and you're regretting it. Don't do that. Don't live in the past. But here's where things get interesting. There is a time when you are supposed to look backwards. You're encouraged to look backwards. We're supposed to do that all the time throughout the year. When we're doing teshuva, when we're repenting, we are supposed to look back and recognize, I made a mistake, and regret it. Those are the first two steps towards repentance. But here's the difference. There's the all-important third R, resolve. After recognizing I did something wrong and regretting it, I resolve not to do it again. I say the next time I'm in that situation, I am not going to make that mistake. I'm not going to do the wrong thing. I'm going to do the right thing. Instead of inappropriately looking backwards, beating ourselves up, living in the past and saying, I could have, I would have, I should have, we look to the future and we say, I'm gonna or I'm not gonna. Tomorrow, I'm going to be better. We're building always towards a brighter future.
J.M. in the A.M. Happy Yom Yerushalayim. We are celebrating together the reunification of Jerusalem on this amazing anniversary on the 28th of E.R. Coming up next hour, Mayor Weingarten of Blessed Memory with a segment that uh, thousands in our audience would never miss on a Yom Yerushalayim day. And that's, of course, the sounds of 1967, uniquely narrated by Mayor every single year. We have the recording, thank God. And uh, we will uh, present Mayer's um, journey through 1967 and the uh, capture of Harabayit and the city of Jerusalem. We'll do that in the 8 o'clock hour this morning right here at JM in the AM. And we are very much looking forward to it. Reminder that our friends at Friendship Circle of Bergen County have a concert coming up. It's a musical evening with Avram Freed and special guest Simcha Liner. Sunday night, May 28th. It's a week from Sunday. Starting at 7.30 p.m. at Bergen Pack in Englewood, New Jersey. Tickets are on sale now. FC for Friendship Circle. FCconcert.com. Again, fcconcert.com. Make sure you have your tickets. It's Avram Fried, Simcha Liner for Friendship Circle of Bergen County. 7.30, Sunday night of Memorial Day weekend. It's a Sunday night, the day after Shavuos. fcconcert.com. Again, fcconcert.com. 
Com. This portion of NSN programming is brought to you by our friends at A&H. Enjoy a 10% discount on all Abel's and Hyman products at kosherdogs.net with promo code radio. A&H has been serving the kosher world since 1954, and A&H products are available at better kosher supermarkets nationwide. Try A&H today. You'll be glad you did. In fact, Seth Levin might recommend an A&H hot dog and knockwurst um, early Friday afternoon barbecue. Yeah, for Yom Yerushalayim. Why not? It's not just Yom Atzmut where you can uh, bar- barbecue up a storm. Why not celebrate on Yom Yerushalayim as well? <laughs> so <laughs> a, a Friday Yom Yerushalayim suggestion from all of us here at JM in the AM. Hey, I want to remind you, Eichler's in Borough Park has a very, very important event going on this coming Monday. As the camp season is approaching, Eichler's of Borough Park is honored to host an event focused on abuse prevention, featuring Rabbi Avremi Zippel, rabbi, survivor, and author. He's author of the book, Not What I Expected. And Dr. Schleimi Zimmerman, author, psychologist, and speaker, He has a book entitled From Boys to Men. This is a book signing event where you can come and speak with the foremost experts and best-selling authors on keeping our children safe. This coming Monday at Eichler's in Borough Park, that's 13th Avenue at 50th Street in Brooklyn, New York. It begins at 1 p.m. Information about all of this and all the other things that Eichler's in Borough Park is doing, you go to shopeichlers.com. Again, shopeichlers.com. But again, as the camp season is approaching, this is the time to take advantage of the wisdom and common sense approach of people like Rabbi Avrami Zippel and Dr. Schleimi Zimmerman. Meet them both, get your book signed, and speak with them. They are foremost experts and best-selling authors on keeping our children safe. Meet them this Monday starting at 1 p.m. at Eichler's 13th Avenue, 50th Street, Brooklyn, New York. Again, for details, shop Eichler's. Dot com. More coming up on this Yom Yerushalayim here at JM in the AM as we are celebrating the reunification of the Holy City of Jerusalem that happened in 1967, the Six-Day War. More appropriate music, plus a weekly update with Malcolm Honeline, all coming up here at JM in the AM. Jerusalem, our love will never end. You are the strength. Flows through my right hand. I'll never forget thee, Jerusalem. High up in the hills is your golden dome, calling to your children to bring them home. And they shall be like dreamers awakened from a sleep To go up to Jerusalem Often in the night we have called your names Burning with the light of a holy flame And now you stand before us with open arms Welcome back to
Chag Sameach. Lili Yerushalayim from Dvekis before that Safam and home to Jerusalem. It is Jerusalem Day 5783. Yom Yerushalayim as we celebrate the anniversary of the reunification of Jerusalem back in 1967, the Six Day War. Coming up in the 8 o'clock hour, the late great Mayor Weingarten who had this unbelievable, unique presentation when it came to narrating the events of 1967. We will present that recording on the air right after Rabbi Yudin speaks with us toward the bottom of the 8 o'clock hour here at JM and the AM. So don't go anywhere. Stay tuned for the highlight of our Yom Yushalayim special coming up. It's day 43 in the counting of the Omer, day number 43. If you forgot to count last night, make sure to do so sometime today. Candlelighting in New York, 749. Make sure you know when things start where you are. 
749 in New York. We'll bench Rosh Chodesh tomorrow. In fact, we'll say Machar Chodesh for the Haftorah. Uh, Rosh Chodesh Sivan is Sunday. It actually begins tomorrow night. A one-day Rosh Chodesh Sivan is Sunday. Keep that in mind as uh, we'll bench Rosh Chodesh tomorrow. Shabbos Mavarachim. And of course, next week is Shavuos. There'll be no weekly update next week. Our uh, next weekly update will be, please God, uh, the Friday before the Celebrate Israel Parade, uh, two weeks from today. Our friends at JewishWorldReview.com have plenty of great articles about Jerusalem, Israel, and the Jewish world for you to print out before Shabbos if you'd like an amazing opportunity to uh, check out what's happening in this world over the weekend. Go to JewishWorldReview.com and take advantage of their thousands of offerings. Again, JewishWorldReview.com. Go there and enjoy. Malcolm Honline is vice chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations with us Fridays for the weekly update here at JM in the AM. Mr. Honline, Chag Sameach, and welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you, Maud Sameach. And it's something, especially after the events of recent weeks, that people take a few minutes at least out of the day to celebrate not to take Jerusalem for granted, as too many do, to understand the sacrifices that were made so that we can enjoy Yerushalayim, to see the amazing discoveries, every one of which is reinforcing our claim to Yerushalayim, just as they can gather in the United Nations this week for Nakba Day and hear the anti-Semitic rantings of Abbas of the Palestinian Authority and see the countries give him a standing ovation at the end and note the U.S. and U.K. and others boycotted the session, but we should not take it for granted. And too much of the time we did. Our, our grandparents used to have pictures of Yerushalayim. They would do anything to have artwork, something, so that they could have a connection to a place they couldn't visit. And we thank God to have the opportunity, and we should not take it for granted. What a, uh, what a good way of putting it, and what a fantastic reminder. And by the way, just on the aside regarding the United Nations this week, <laughs> this is the person who the world would like us to regard as a peace partner, as a potential uh, peace partner to negotiate with, which I thought was just unbelievable. And of course, uses this UN, this incredible world forum, to spew the hatred, to call Israel Nazis, uh, to, um, uh, to condemn basically everything that Israel does. But certainly uh, one of the most disturbing things he did was disavow Jewish ties to Al-Aqsa, meaning that Harabayat, that, that we are all celebrating today, and that we for, for centuries, as you described, were so anxious to have under Jewish control, he, of course, tries to eliminate any history of Israel with the Temple Mount. And you might argue, as you have in the past, that of all the things the enemies say that might be the most important one and the, and you know even those who argue and would say well scientific proof look at the thousands of discoveries in Yerushalayim in Ir David at Minarota Kotel everything every shovel in the ground reasserts each time the Jew, the historiosity of the Jewish claim to Jerusalem the absence of the Palestinian claim that the Arabs never made it a capital they never cared about Harabayat until the Jews had it, and the the you know the the fact that we don't think about it, we pray every day that God did grant it to us and gives us the opportunity to go to Barachim not in boxes but to go there standing up and being able to appreciate Yerushalayim, and it just bothers me so much that that we all are guilty of this of taking for granted we go there we. We want to absorb every second of it. We, we miss it if we're not there. 
But what do we do about it? Omer Yushalayim lo Omer Klum, the Gemara says. It's somebody who says Jerusalem but doesn't do anything about it, then you haven't said anything. Yeah. is not enough. And I wanted, by the way, give a mazel tov to Emil and Michal Shish Portish, who had a baby, my granddaughter, who had a baby this uh, yesterday. Mazel tov. So <clears throat> we have Simchas. Uh, that we're going to have Simchas and Yushalayim around the world for Jews. Boy or girl? Boy. I look forward to dancing with you at his wedding, Bezrat Hashem. Amen. And my uh, my nephew and niece had a, uh, uh, Shlomo and Devorah Siegel had a girl this week and named her Esther Siegel. Uh, of course, after my mother, which was so heartwarming. And uh, obviously, you know what it's like when you uh, are involved in a feeling of continuing the generations. Two other points on this Yom Yushalayim. I mean, one you basically just said. I was going to ask you to like sort of describe for the generations that never knew what Jerusalem's old city was like, you know, over 55 years ago to describe it. But if, if we would tell our children and grandchildren, those who are enjoying Jerusalem, those who are living in Jerusalem, those who have the run of the place, and we could talk about all the incredible things they're able to do today as they live in Jerusalem, many of them newly married and going to the holy city. I don't know if they would believe that there was no access to the old city of Jerusalem. I don't know if they would believe what the area of the Kota looked like. I don't know if they would believe what it was like having the enemy right there on the border. There are places where people live in Jerusalem, young uh, students live in Jerusalem. That was literally the border with Jordan before the 1967 war. But Malcolm, as I said earlier, even if we described it to them, I don't know if they'd believe it. I would suggest that people look at the Mishpacha magazine this week. I did a, a thing about Yerushalayim. Nice. An interview in, in that section. But no, there's a picture in there, a postcard. I went to Yerushalayim the year before the Six-Day War. I went to the hotel. I was invited by the Arab governments and uh, went to Syria, Jordan, and, and, and uh, Lebanon and ended in Jordan where I got arrested as a Zionist agent, CIA spy, whatever and snuck out and came back through the Mandelbaum Gate, back to Yerushalayim. But there's a picture postcard that was given to me afterwards because they seized my camera and my pictures and then wrote an apology and whatever because I was an official guest. And you see what Yerushalayim, the rubble, that was Yerushalayim at the time. And there's a picture there with the, the note that they wrote on the back of it. People have no clue of the sacrifices that were made not only the fact that it took people a month, half a year to get to Yerushalayim, you know, they would have to take boats and connecting boats and the boats weren't very fast. And to, to come to a place where often diseases were rampant, where other problems, let alone then the massacres and the harassment that they suffered, but they understood, they appreciated that, that, that just the glimpse of Yerushalayim was enough for them then to go to their eternal rest and saying, you know, I fulfilled my, my dream. And, we have to know the and remember all of those who died on, on trying to open the road to Yerushalayim in 49, let alone over all the centuries, and those who went to their deaths with Hashanah Babi Yerushalayim on their lips. This was throughout time, the connection. And you know that, that when, when they wanted to denigrate Jews from the time of the Romans to the Nazis, they would yell, Hep, Jerusalem at Perdita, Jerusalem is lost. Because that was the ultimate degradation to say you have no future that this is, you see that you've been replaced, you see that, that your shalim is not in your hands, that the Jews have no future. And Abbas takes it a step further and says you have no past, not just no, no Exactly, and denying 
I mean, this is a guy who wrote about Holocaust denial or did Holocaust denial um, uh, thesis uh, when he graduated college, and and uh, and now we see him continuing this uh, outrageous denial. Um, but I mean, the facts are so clear today that it's hard to 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 for, for anybody to take him seriously, except as a weapon against Israel. Yeah, and I, I know this is a tangent, but just for a second, it, you, know, you, you look at Israel's relationship with Morocco, both in front of the scenes and behind the scenes. You look at Israel's relationship with the UAE countries or, or, or provinces behind the scenes, in front of the scenes, etc. Those who are serious about doing what's best for their people, those who are serious about moving forward and and progressing, you know, they are true peace partners, and people like him are just, are they're worthless. I mean, I, I know this, this is not a revolution, on my part, uh, but it just, it, you look, you know, you see who you're dealing with. And it's amazing to me that the number of countries that you cited went ahead and applauded and went ahead and, and, and felt that he was making a worthwhile presentation at the United Nations. But, you know, it's, it's more than being worthless. He's counterproductive. He's destroying any hope Palestinians have right. of getting a better life because they have only one way to do it. None of the other Arab countries really give a damn about them. It's a myth. And I can tell you from my discussions with Arab leaders that they they are disgusted with the Palestinian Authority with, um, and and only pay lip service to it because they know that the, the, it becomes an issue amongst the population. But if they say if it comes to aid, they're not giving aid anymore. They've all cut it off because their people don't want them to give it, and they don't want it because they know it all get what gets wasted in in the in, in, in by the PA and for the UN to have the first Nakba event official event is such a disgrace and ambassador Don's words the words of u.s ambassador others uh, test to that but it's it's just tells you no matter what sacrifices Israel makes the world doesn't change no question about it and and we should also mention that in your experiences in the halls of congress and at the white house uh, and 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 to this end by the way I, i should just say that um, just like there's certain topics that people feel are, are vital to always bring up when meeting with government officials, Jerusalem, no matter what the situation is, peaceful, not peaceful, God forbid, no matter what the situation is, Jerusalem is something that should always be mentioned in any meeting with a public official. Because one of the things you've always told us that you've been to the White House, you have brought up the issue of Jerusalem and how important it is to the Jewish people, and essentially they said to you, you know, nobody ever tells us this. We, we had no idea that this is important to the Jewish community. So I think we need to put it on every agenda. At some point during the conversation, always mention Jerusalem. I have that exact story in the Mishpacha article. Oh, really? <laughs> absolutely right. No, it's good that you remember because it was very critical because the lesson of it was that if the President of the United States doesn't know where we stand on Jerusalem, it's our fault, not his. And this week I had the opportunity to meet with senators and congressmen on different occasions, and all the time we raised Yerushalayim. It has to be raised. It has to be said. And yet many of them who had visited Israel in the last, uh, you know, there, were, there was a delegation by, led by the speaker, the Republicans, the Democrats, and Hakeem Jeffries, they all went to Yerushalayim. They went to the Kotel. They were singing the praises of Yerushalayim. So I think that in Congress there still remains very strong support. And I think even amongst the administration, nobody talks about dividing Yerushalayim now. There's still the remnants of those who, who want to make compromises, I know. But it's not the way that it was, that, that people think that you can redivide it, give away the Holy Basin, which almost happened several times. Right, 100%. Very important words, and I'm glad 
uh, that, well, I'm glad Yom Yerushalayim uh, fell on a Friday because this is really important that everybody of every age out there understands the importance of Jerusalem and exp- how important it is to express the importance of Jerusalem, especially uh, when speaking with influential people and especially when speaking uh, to government officials. So they estimate 50,000 people at the uh, flag parade uh, in honor of Jerusalem. They did have reports about clashes uh, in East Jerusalem uh, between Jews and Arabs. Nonetheless, Malcolm, can we say that Yom Yushalayim in Jerusalem was relatively peaceful and celebratory? I think you can say that safely. I think the, that everybody wanted it to come off uh, peacefully and the police uh, prepared, um, but it would have been a terrible mistake to cancel it and to to succumb. No, and I don't think that there were serious proposals to do it, although some you know, always raise that. Right. But I think in, in the conclusion of everybody was that it was handled very well and it came off peacefully. And the, the reassertion and the celebration of, of Yom Yerushalayim is very critical, especially now. Was it surprising to you when you saw the story that Jerusalem is now the majority destination for North American Aliyah? I guess I shouldn't be surprised because people like to retire to Jerusalem and obviously students are attracted to Jerusalem. But I thought that, you know, that with the housing prices, frankly, <laughs> in the holy city, I thought people were really heading out in big numbers to other areas of Israel. Well, they are. and and uh, But, you know, Yerushalayim is not Rehavia. It's, it's you know it's not the old city but Yerushalayim is big today right. it is spread out you have all these suburban communities or you know they're urban but they're you know on the outskirts of Yerushalayim that have developed in recent years which are uh, largely populated by Olim and many from America right 100% um all right, let's uh, let's do stuff from other parts of the world. Uh, what could you tell us regarding the latest uh, in the Turkey election? Is Erdogan in a good position right now or in a poor position to continue leading the country? Uh, well, the first thing is, can he win the election? Right. Uh, leading the country is a, another quality we have to decide. <laughs> but but um, I think he will win. Um I mean, there are factors that can come into play, but the opposition did not take advantage of the um, of the anger of the people at the failure of the government to respond to the earthquake. They don't blame them for the earthquake, but you know the failure to to respond. The fact that they know more than double the number of people were killed that the government uh, admits to. Wow! But I have to say that Erdogan fought back. He he got forty nine point four eight percent of the vote. That was not expected. Um, and, uh, I think in a runoff, uh, he will most likely get, and there you don't, it's not, uh, you don't have to win 50%. You just have to have more votes than anybody else. <coughs> and there is a third party that, uh, had a, a showing and they haven't indicated yet which party they will support. But I think the uh, bottom line when it, in the turnout, he will be able to uh, win. And is the runoff days from now, or it's much further down the road? No, the, the runoff is two weeks after the election. Oh, two weeks. So Next no. week. So it's relatively soon. Next week. Um, and speaking of politics, uh, what do you make of the story that even after the, um, uh, the action in Gaza, which I thought usually helps uh, a, an Israeli leader politically, uh, especially when it's Netanyahu in power, it looks like his poll numbers have dropped since then. What do you think of that? I don't think it's correct. Uh, I think people felt that he he handled the Gaza situation well. Um, at least some of the 
people I spoke to who keep uh, who do polling and do uh, monitor public opinion. Uh, I, I do not think he was hurt. His numbers went up after the war, maybe. Uh, and, and you see the um, general tension inside the country is reduced. People come together when there is uh, conflict situations. And uh, I think that that is the case. Now the question is, can he couple together an agreement that will put the issue of judicial reform at least on the back burner and pass part of it? And also, he most importantly, he has to pass a budget now. And there, again, once they start, the media starts their campaign that the money going to Haredim, going to, going to this and going to that, that uh, builds up uh, opposition again. Uh, so uh, I do not think that the post-war, that he did get a post-war bump. It doesn't last long as it doesn't here because other events always intervene. But, uh, you know, when people look at the situation, they, when they see the, the dangers that... Uh, uh, got, that the Iran's posing, that we see the growth of some of the, the threats, that the uh, axis of resistance, the fact that the other country, that uh, Hezbollah and um, and Hamas, both in, in Gaza and in Lebanon, did not join, which I think the Iranians had anticipated, but um, did not want an all-out war either, because then mm. all of their investment would have been destroyed, and they would have to start again. Right. But they, the fact is that they offered uh, Page $5 million a day to continue the war for every day more that they uh, extended it, but they paid such a heavy price, and you cannot look at the results without seeing how in the first day they killed three, the first hour, killed three of the top uh, Palestinian Islamic Jihad leaders and many others over the course of the next days, and the uh, civilian casualties were kept so limited that the world, no matter how much they will condemn, but you see the reaction isn't like it has been in the past because Israel's response was uh, so effective and so uh, uh, appropriate. And I think, you know, the the um, uh, reaction of the others, they pay lip service to Iran, but they're not willing to risk their lives. As these um, episodes go, I mean, I think you'd have... I mean, Israel never said this publicly, but I think you have to give them a big victory, as you just described, uh, between who they took out and the limited civilian casualties, plus, thank God, the limited Israeli casualties. I mean, I, I, and the you know short amount of time that it took, usually, you know, you fear that they're going to get mired into a weeks-long situation. I, I don't see how you could say anything other than it was a great victory. I agree, and I think the, the uh, intelligence... This time, you know, often there's been criticism that Israeli intelligence had failed. And there's nobody who can't say that they did such a remarkable demonstration of uh, aptitude in the intelligence and the exactness, knowing the apartment, knowing where they were moving to, and do it, I'm sorry, doing it in a way that avoided civilian casualties. So they called off raids when they saw the leaders in, in a building and civilians were coming in there and took out a single apartment right. in a building. Remarkable. That time, knowing exactly where they would be, when they would be there, was uh, was really uh, critical. And I think Iran has to go back to the drawing boards again. Uh, they will, of course, uh, today, have the, they do the Al-Quds Day, and they promote demonstrations against Israel and have very vicious demonstrations inside Iran uh, today. But... Uh, 
I think that the these facts on the ground speak for themselves. And when Islamic Jihad or Pidge or whoever it is is celebrating victory in the streets, it, it, the whole thing is absurd, frankly. But uh, it shows it shows you what they think of, of the, they think of their own people and how much they really couldn't. And we should note the use of David Sling for the first time. Right. Very effectively took out the uh, a rocket, and that means that you have now a second level beyond Iron Dome uh, for responding to uh to the missile attacks it's america's one and only jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners sponsored digital radio around the world the web and alchemsegal.com on the alchemsegal network and of course on the beloved nsn app malcolm honline is vice chairman of the conference of presidents of major american jewish organizations everybody on this yom yushalayim today is jerusalem day as we celebrate the anniversary of the reunification of jerusalem six-day war 1967 uh our yom yushalayim special continues uh we will get to rabbi yudin and then right afterwards the late great mayor weingarten with the unique narration of the sounds of 1967 a piece uh, that so many of our listeners would never miss on a Yom Yerushalayim day here at JM in the AM. Uh, so what can you tell... Uh, I better ask you this question because too many people this week demanded that I have to get your reaction. Uh, your reaction to an 1,100-year-old 11 Chumash being auctioned off for $38 million. So... Uh... I think this is an inspiration for Art Scroll. What the future holds, but I, I went to see it, and it, it truly is remarkable. Um, the fact that it will be now on display in the Anu Museum, which was formerly uh, Museum of Jewish Diaspora, but right. uh, in uh, in Tel Aviv, and will be in Jewish hands, is really a remarkable development. That many feared others would try to take it. It is, you know, the most complete. Uh, version as opposed to the uh, Aleppo Codex, which is missing more. They're only missing, I think, the first parts of Barashi's, uh is missing in this. And the history itself is so remarkable that people who haven't done it should just take a minute to read the history. And, you know, it disappeared for hundreds of years and resurfaced them several times. And I think some of those who sold it earlier are probably kicking themselves yeah. in, in their graves. They missed out on this uh, opportunity, but thirty-eight point one million, an all-time record for a book, and I think it's uh, it, uh, uh, now people have a chance to go and see it. It will be open to display, and you know it's not even in a glass case. We were able to walk right up to it and see it at uh, Sotheby's. Did they overpay, Malcolm? I mean, really? Did they overpay or not? What's the bottom line? Well, the estimates were thirty to fifty million. So Unbelievable. Sort of came in. At, uh, he got a bargain. Absolutely unbelievable. Are you aware of the fact, I think it was Christiana Manpour, but I'm not sure who from CNN it was, um, that she referred to the murder of the members of the D family as a shootout with the enemy? Of course, it is so outrageous, but it's only one of many of these attacks. By the so way, what, here's an opportunity, as we discussed. Here's an opportunity to literally get onto social media and with a swift, short sentence refute or, or you know object to uh, what was said. The Dees family has demanded an apology. Others have written that they should write. It just tells you, and it's only one case. If you listen to the BBC, you would not believe that the Palestinians are involved in aggression, that this war came about because they fired missiles into Israel, because they initiated it, that it's, it, the onus is only on, on Israel. It doesn't get better, even though they admit themselves that their BBC, for instance, that their coverage is biased against Israel. And yet the coverage this time, uh, when when the ramming, it says a person dro drove a car 
an accident with the car. A person, not that it was a Palestinian, a terrorist, nothing to, to describe the reality of what uh, of what took place. So the media d- does not correct itself. It does not do anything. But I hope that people will finally begin to see through it. Unfortunately, the bulk of the American people read headlines, get you know the snapshot picture, and the one that is given become is certainly distorted and, and uh, irresponsible. Yeah, no question about that. Uh, the report this week, I'm sure, wasn't a surprise to you. In fact, if I would have asked you to um, uh, to um, guess this list, I'm sure you would have gotten it 100% uh, accurately. Um, the leaders in executions around the world, Egypt, Iran, and Syria, plus, as this report pointed out, let's not forget the thousands of executions that are happening each and every day in China. Your reaction to this report? First of all, Iran is number one. Iran, again, this week executed a number of people. Uh, it is true others are doing it. And, uh, you know, we only know the reported cases. There are still, you know, there were six people who were arrested for the demonstrations who were sentenced to death. I mean, many more have been are sitting on death row or in, in uh, being held captive. It's not imprisonment. This is captivity because of the way that they are treated. Uh, but Iran is the number one executor, yet they can sit on the Council, Human Rights Council of the United Nations. They sit in judgment of Israel. They, the, they lead condemnations along with some of the others that you mentioned. Uh, I think uh, we, we don't know the numbers in countries like Afghanistan and elsewhere, but we know that executions are taking place there as well, let alone in Gaza, where they executed several people for, quote, collaborators. This is a way of people seeking revenge. They just accuse them of collaboration, and under that guise, they can kill um, people with whom they have uh, maybe th- political differences, economic differences, whatever. So they, um, there's no surprise in the report about the executions. What's really horrific is that you don't see any of the, quote, human rights, unquote, groups standing up, condemning, screaming and yelling about what uh, what Iran, for instance, is doing uh, to to people. Nobody cares. It's unbelievable. And and um, and even with the way they put the story, there's no way China's ahead of Iran, right? Even even with whatever's going on in China and the way they describe it, still you would say Iran is number one. I, I would still believe that Iran is the number one executor. And, and you know what's amazing is they do it publicly. They hang people from in public places because they want to intimidate the people and they want to send a message. Although the vast majority of them obviously are done quietly and secretly, but they do publicly and yet no condemnation. Very rarely is there anything, maybe an American official will say something, but where where are all the Europeans? Now they're putting pressure on the U.S. to put pressure on Iran because they see the nuclear program, you know, advancing and because they're afraid of what, of Iran. And what's their solution? Negotiate with Iran. It's exactly the wrong answer to, to what you do with Iran. Iran only understands one language, and that's strength. And the people of Iran are disappointed when the West doesn't stand up to this evil regime. Unbelievable. All right, we'll do one more story. We want to get to Rabbi Yudin, of course, the highlight of our Yom Yerushalayim special, the late great Mayor Weingarten with the sounds of 1967. Um, what do you anticipate from the Zelensky trip to Saudi Arabia and his participation in the G7 meeting? So I, I think his going to the G7 is, a, is significant because he wants to get uh, more modern military equipment and only a personal appeal, I think, will make a difference, he, especially once the um, aircraft, uh, F-14s, F-16s, um, to, to counter the, what the Russians are doing. There is 
the thought of a spring initiative, maybe efforts to retake Crimea, put pressure on the Russians from other sides. Um, you know, I think the world will eventually get tired of this and the, the uh, drain on resources. Uh, we just gave them another billion dollars, and I see that, you know, it's becoming less and less popular. Doesn't even, but it doesn't even make the news anymore, <laughs> these billion dollars. Yeah, because they slip it through and, and uh, you know, want to continue to help. The other countries are also providing uh, help. The pressure always goes on Israel, which is helping and giving them defensive equipment. But Israel's in a unique position with Russia in Syria and elsewhere in the Russian Jewish community. And the pressure points, which they have made clear to, to the Ukrainians and to the world, that position in, but when you take the amount of money and the assistance that Israel's provided uh, uh, per capita, I'm sure that it's the leader in, in the pack, even though the um, absolute money's uh, uh, United States has expended so many billions of dollars there right. in, in standing up to, uh, to the Russian attacks. Uh, but I, I think that, you know, it's the same message. Dictators respect strength. They respect force when, when you stand up to them. They will more or less, more times than not back down, and the um, you know when when you see the people in Iran, for instance, standing up, the oil strikers, the workers who went on strike, the the teachers going on strike, and and, and the uh, and by the way, there was a remarkable thing I told told a couple of weeks ago, or months ago, about the Iranian ships that had come to South America. Right. As we lose all of South America to Iran to China. The, the you know the fighting us not from eight thousand miles away but from an hour off our coast as they uh, you know extend their influence in the country and everybody was saying well what happened to those two warships that went to Rio de Janeiro came through the Panama Canal and we didn't stop it that through the Panama Canal went to to pay port calls there and in Venezuela and everybody said well what happened to them now we saw this week they showed up in Oman meaning that Iran was able to transverse the whole world with these uh, ships. And um, and it was a display of power on their part and, and of, uh, I mean, ultimate chutzpah to, to the U.S. by being able to do it. And yet, you know, I spoke to people this week in Washington about it. All of them are concerned about it, and military and other people working in South America. But there's no stand-up. There's no presence. There's no willingness to, to confront them and to limit their expansion and the dangers that they're posing to us from so close to us. Unbelievable. As we worry about the future of Jerusalem and Israel, and of course the worldwide Jewish community and all communities of peace, uh, let's realize the enemy is basically on our border as much as we think we're isolated in this part of the world. Absolutely. Pretty remarkable. And and look at the events in Jerba that that we saw again, the the attack against the uh, Lagba Omer gathering there. Unfortunately, two young Israel, two people, Jewish people were killed, uh, and one Israeli cousins and one from France, and you see that the, um, you know, they don't respect any boundaries, and that it's a, it's a global attack against the Jewish people, it has nothing to do with Israel to attack yeah. the Jews in Jerba, who have been there in, uh, for maybe 2,000 years, the, uh, it, it's really a, 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 a reminder to all of us. So, so their, true. Their enemy is the Jewish people and the, our existence, our Torah. And as we come to Shavuos, we should be reminded of that. Uh, next week is Shavuos. Two weeks from today, Bezrat Hashem, we'll have our next weekly update. Chag Sameach, Malcolm, thanks so much for joining us. And have a wonderful Shabbos.
My pleasure. JM in the AM as we get set for uh, more of our Yom Yushalayim special here on a Friday morning, the 28th of ER. Candle lighting time in New York, 749. Make sure you know when things start where you are. Today's day 43 in the counting of the Omer, day number 43. Uh, tomorrow is Machar Chodesh. That's the Haftorah we'll read because we'll bench Rosh Chodesh Sivan tomorrow. Rosh Chodesh Sivan is tomorrow night. A one-day Rosh Chodesh is coming Sunday, a one-day Rosh Chodesh. Got a note from listener Sina. Happy, happy birthday today to my fourth daughter, Shane D. Gifter Deutsch of Miami Beach. What a bracha to have you and Shmoli living here. A dream come true. Now, I don't have to say come visit soon. <laughs> and happy birthday tomorrow to the young man who changed my status forever, my numero uno grandchild, Avram Tzvi Gifter of Farakaway. Thank you for all the nachas, especially the nachas I'm getting from you, Hadassah and baby Tamari. Sending love to you all, wishing you wonderful days and fabulous years ahead. That's Bubs, and of course we know as her as listeners, Sina, and the report is that she is still uh, frequenting the Sunshine State on this Friday, Yom Yerushalayim. Also on our app, uh, announce, please, the happy anniversary to Yossi and Devorah Leitner, who got married May 19th. It was Erev, Shabbat, Erev Shavuos, had their first baby, Erev Yom Kippur, first grandchild on Shavuos as well. Mazlov to their granddaughter, Peril, whose bas mitzvah will be on Shavuos. Mazlov, Mazlov, and thank you so much. And we say Mazel Tov from all of us here at JM in the AM. Um, Friday morning, Erev Shabbos, Rabbi Yudin first, and then the late, great Mayor Weingarten with sounds of 1967 on this Yom Yerushalayim day. This time each and every Friday, every Erev Shabbos, with great pleasure, we present Rabbi Benjamin Yudin, spiritual leader emeritus, Congregation Shomrei Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Yudin. Good morning, Nachum. Good morning, Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Bamidbar. We start the fourth book of the Torah. According to the Chinuch, there are no mitzvos of the Tariag in Parshas Bamidbar, but most important, everybody agrees that the Parsha itself is such a strong hachana, preparation for, please God, what is coming next Thursday night, Friday, and Shabbos for us, the celebration of Kabbalah's HaTorah. And this is further enhanced today, the 28th day of Eeyore, the day that we were privileged after almost 2,000 years to have Yerushalayim back in Jewish hands. The first thing that we have to address is why a midbar? Why was the Torah given in a desert? And while I'm sure there are many answers to this question, one of them is clearly the concept that when you're in the desert, you understand that you have literally no control over your environment. You are completely subject to survival, and survival in a desert is something which is unnatural. The fact that HaKadosh Baruch A, sustained us for 40 years in a desert. The fact that HaKadosh Baruch gave us the Torah in a desert was such a powerful message as 
the Novi says, and this is part of the Sheva Dinachemta, the seven Haftoros that we read in the summertime. And the Novi teaches us the beautiful Pasuk, the Haftorah, Papashas Eker, and that is Vayosem Midbara Ke'eden, that with Torah, a desert can blossom like Eden, and without Torah, an Eden becomes a desert. A wonderful idea to keep in mind, to remind ourselves how everything, quote, comes together. So the Torah was given in a desert to teach us that it's not that, oh, if I was in Israel, there I can keep the Torah. The Torah Badavka was not given in Israel to show that it could, should, has, thank God, sustained us wherever the Jew has been. Furthermore, you find in Parshas Bamidbar, not just the counting of the Jewish people, the distinct counting of the tribe of Levi, but we are introduced to the whole concept of the Dugolim, of the flags that each and every Shevet had its own flag, and it was the identifying factor of that tribe. The rabbis teach us that the color of the flag resembled the color of that tribe on the breastplate of the Kohen Godot. At first glance, the concept of Tagolim, that each tribe has its own color, and its own insignia and its own division where they camped together, one could look upon this as something which is potentially divisive. And therefore, Rev. Yaakov Kamenetsky in his safe Emes Yaakov asks a very interesting question. He says, we know the Torah teaches in several places that we did not leave Egypt as prisoners escaping from Mitzrayim, leaving in secret just the opposite. We left Mitzrayim as the Torah teaches in the beginning of Parshas Bishalach, Uvnei Yisrael Yotzim, Bnei Yisrael, the children of Israel, were going out of Mitzrayim, Biyad Ramah, with an outstretched arm. And how does Rashi learn that? Begvura, Givoha, Umuforsemes, with great might and demonstration thereof. And so, why is it that we did not have? the Degolim identifying each tribe until the second year, as we find in the beginning of 
Parshas Bamidbar, that it was the second month in the second year that we're introduced to this phenomena of the Golem. And Rav Yaakov answers a beautiful thought. And he says as follows, Since at first glance the Golem represents an issue of separateness, period, individuality, as opposed to a cohesive nation, he says, until the Mishkan was dedicated, there was no such thing as the Golem. There was one Jewish nation. But now that we have the Mishkan, which was dedicated in Nisan of the second year, now we can have each tribe with its individuality, with its own unique character, with its own unique contribution, all of them encamped Misoviv the Mishkan. They're all focused, and each one is acting and contributing something to the beneficial of Klai Yisrael because it's all directed to the service of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we're all facing the Mishkan. And so, the intellectual Jew, and the emotional Jew, and the Jew that's involved in Chesed, and the Jew that's involved in Torah, in so many different factors, each one in their own way, is contributing their personal character, and making us the very special people that we are, because each one with their own individuality comes together and there's a beautiful symphony which is emerging from the unity of the Jewish people but what is uniting them? the Mishkan, the sanctuary having a focus of a special location the same idea is expressed very beautifully by Simon Shlita in his Sefer, Imre Baruch, in Parshas Truma, where the Torah speaks about that there was, at the time of the construction of the Mishkan, among the many miracles that the Jewish people had, the Torah speaks of, at the beginning of Parshas Truma, that they were to have Oros Elim Odamim, beginning of Truma, Pasuk Hay, there were to be red dyed ram skins, the Oros Tchashim, and there were to be as well Tachash skins. And what's a Tachash? So the rabbis tell us that the Tachash was a beautiful, multicolored animal that existed only at that time and then it became extinct and its hide was used to make a cover for the Mishkan. Now tell me about this particular skin of the Tachash. So listen carefully now. The rabbis tell us that was you what was unique about the uh, Tachash, as Unculus learns, Mashche 
Gona. What does that mean? It prided itself in its colors. It was literally a rainbow of colors on the back of this skin, and it prided itself that it had these beautiful colors. Now, if you go to Shmos, chapter 26, Pasuk 14, the Torah tells us that you shall make a cover for the tent of rye, red, excuse me, dyed ram skins, ma'oros elim ma'adamim, again, red dyed ram skins, and oros t'choshim no'mala, a cover of tachash skins above. The Gemara in Shabbos tells us that there's a machlokes between Reb Nechenya and Reb Yehuda. Reb Nechenya learned that as the Pusik seems to imply, there was, or rather, two skins. First there was the Oros Elim Adamim, and on top of that was the Oros Tchoshim, Milmala above it. And Rabbi Yehuda learns no, that there was one long cover, and the cover was made half and half. Part of it was the skins of Oros Elim, there was the red dyed ram skins, and the other part was of Tachash. And the Meshachachma learns on this Pasuk that when it says that the Tachash was Milmala, what does it mean, Milmala? Not above it, but above the Aron. This was the covering. Which part covered the Aron? And he says very sharply from his father that it was the skins of Tachash, the multi-covered skins, which covered the Aron, meaning that this was most pleasant and desirable to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that there should be diversity above the Aron. Whoa! And it's because of this diversity that we have a greater appreciation of Torah, because it all comes together. Hafokhba, v'hafokhba, tekulaba. It's all there. And each and every individual has that great potential to contribute to not only the nation, that this is what makes us great because we are one, but this unifies us that we're able to, each and every one of us, direct our capabilities to the service of Hashem. And we do this, each and every one in our community, serving Hashem, those who are accountants, who volunteer their time to the yeshivos and the Batek Nesios for their services. And so we can go up and down, each and every person making their contribution. And the idea, I'd like to just suggest the following, that just as by Maimar Har Sinai, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, to B'nai Yisrael, as we're going to read this coming Friday in the uh, introduction to the Seres Adibros in chapter 19. And what does HaKadosh Baruch Hu say? Atemri Isen, you have seen Asher Mitzrayim, you've seen what I've done, the great miracles that I performed, and clearly 
bolstering their emuna, their faith in HaKadosh Baruch Hu, as a prerequisite for Kabbalah's HaTorah, how proud each and every one of us should be that we too, Atem Re'isam, we've seen in our own eyes the great miracles that HaKadosh Baruch Hu performed for us in and through Yerushalayim. Um, I was told by a most reliable source that the late Reb Shlomo Zalman Orbach said after the uh, Persian Gulf War and thinking back after the Six-Day War as well, had there been Chazal at the time of the war, they would have instituted a Sixth Megillah. We have been privileged to see. And finally, let's remember how in our Shemona Esrei, every day, we pray for the restoration to return, to come back to Yerushalayim. And what comes after that is And the Gemara in Megillah 17b teaches us that it's not a hodgepodge of the brachos that have carefully thought out by Andrei Knesset Zagadola that when we daven about Yerushalayim, when we're privileged now to go, when we're privileged to be the beneficiaries of Kimitzion, Tetzay Torah, Udvar Hashem Yerushalayim, that there's more learning of Torah taking place in Yerushalayim, wow, than certainly ever was. And thank God it's this pashate throughout the Jewish world, Baruch Hashem, in so many, so many ways. The idea is that the one follows the other. When we look to Yerushalayim, we should see the destiny, not just the history of the Jewish people, but the destiny of the Jewish people as well. And just know that the Gemara in Brachos, seventh parak, says that if a person uh, says and he leaves out certain key parts of the Brachos, so what is the din? The din is that he has to be chozer, he has to repeat. So, Koshalo Omar, if you didn't say in Noda Eretz Chemda Tovar Chava, you have to go back. And if you didn't say Malchus Beis David in Bune Yerushalayim, and it's between the tour and his brother, Rabbi Yechiel. Rabbi Yechiel says, if you didn't say, um, if you didn't say Malchus Beis David, you don't have to go back. The tour argues, so they are inseparable. Yerushalayim, Malchus Beis David. We should be zolcha, not only that the Midbar should enhance our personal Kabbalah's HaTorah, reminding us, whoa, just like they have, we have, but we should also be upgraded by the privilege of having the first step towards our Geula Shlema with Yerushalayim back in our hands. And we should only be Zohar to appropriately treat it and appropriately deserve and derive all the beautiful lessons therefrom. Shabbat Shalom.
J.M. and the A.M. on this Erev Shabbos Parshas Bamidbar, Rosh Chodesh tomorrow night, which means a one-day Rosh Chodesh is coming Sunday. We'll, of course, bench Rosh Chodesh Sivan tomorrow. Candle lighting at 749. Make sure you know when things start where you are. Today is day 43 in the counting of the Omer. Mo'adim l'simchali gulash Chag sameach, everybody. Today is Yom Yerushalayim, and now the highlight that everybody always waits for on Yom Yerushalayim for the last many, many years. Mayor Weingarten of Blessed Memory uh, narrates brilliantly a segment we call The Sounds of 1967. And there is no better way to remember the incredible miracle of 1967 than with the way Mayor presents it with these recordings and, of course, now with the complete segment of his recording. The late, great Mayor Weingarten on a Yom Yushalayim 5783 at JM in the AM. In 1967, there were no live broadcasts of anything. That's right. But with the troops was a reporter from Israeli radio called, his name was Yossi Ronen. He passed away at the age of 95 a few years ago. And Yossi Ronen recorded, walked around with this big recording device and recorded everything that we have from that day that we have heard over the years. A few years ago, we discovered that there's another recording, the recording before the recording, that Yossi Ronen had all this stuff recorded, but had no way to transmit it to Kol Yisrael. So he ran around looking for a telephone. And when he got to the phone, they put him on the air and he introduces the kolot with what I think are almost as exciting a cologne, almost as exciting uh, a, a, a um, broadcast a, a broadcast as the as the sounds themselves. <laughs> so we'll start with the the pre colote colote, what I call, <laughs> and and then and uh, we'll do a little translating afterwards, and then we'll go to the regular ones. Okay, sure. Here we go. רגעיות והסמטאות שבתוך הכותל, שבתוך העיר העתיקה התקדמנו, הצנחנים שהיו איתנו מדי פעם ופעם ירו משום שעדיין נמשכו הקרבות So he's saying that he, you can hear the excitement in his voice first of all um, I just got back from, from there we were, we were all walking, you know, hunched down because they were still firing but at the head of the line of Goran, Uzinarkis and Motagur are standing up and, and marching ahead that's one of the most I oh. the, the most chilling things where he says Rav Goren, they're shooting and everything. <laughs> Rav Goren is blowing the shofar and screaming and holding a safer Torah and walking as if he's in another world, as if he's not on this ground, on this on on in in this world. <laughs> 
הגענו לחצר מסגד עומר, מסגד עומר זה מראה מקסים, מראה שלו, הכוחות הישראלים לא פגעו בו בכלל, בפנים שטחים אדומים, עמודים גבוהים, שיש בכל צד, ממש מראה מקסים, שלווה ממש שקשה לתאר אותה לעומת היריות והרעש שהתחוללו מסביב. רואים מסגד עומר, המשכנו ללכת, כשאנחנו יורים, יורדים במדרגות לעבר הכותל המערבי. עמדנו ליד הכותל המערבי, הרב גורן תקב השופר, קרא את פקודת היום המיוחדת שהוציא לרגל הכיבוש של הכותל המערבי. מימינו ומשמאלו עמדו חיילים ובכו. אני לא יכול בכלל לתאר את הדבר הזה. חיילים, צנחנים אמיצים שחברים שלהם דקות ספורות נפצעו ונהרגו בכיבוש העיר העתיקה. עומדים, נשענים על הכותל המערבי ובוכים, הם לא יכלו להוציא אגה מפיהם. He's astounded as they're standing in front of the Kotel, listening to Rav Goren, and they're crying, these hardened, battle-hardened uh, soldiers. Uh. מזה 19 שנה על ידי הרב הראשי, הרב גורן, וכל החיילים איתו הצטרפו לתפילה. אחרי התפילה, באופן ספונטני ביותר, פרצה שירת התקווה, כשבראש הכותל המערבי מתנוסס דגל ישראל. אותו דגל שהודפס במלחמת השחרור, בעיר העתיקה עצמה, כשהיא פונתה על ידי היהודים, ואחד הצרכנים זכר לקחת אותה כשאנחנו חדרנו לעיר העתיקה, והניף את הדגל בראש... Now he says, now I'm going to play for you the recordings. Um, so the first, we begin with Motagur. Motagur is on Mount Scopus, over, overseeing the entire area. He sees Harabayit. He also sees that Harabayit is empty, that the Jordanian soldiers have left. And that gives him a, a, a good idea of what's going on. And he basically says... Har Habayit, that we, for generations, our people yearned for, you are going to be the soldiers that are going to liberate it. make their way and enter the lion's gate, Shar Ha'arayot. The tanks of Israel are standing in the front of the Ira Atika, and... You hear the banging to break down the gate. It's a metal gate and the tanks and are, are banging it down. Autobus Yerdeni, Liedi, Shofei Achom, שרף כולו, החום כאן עצום, ועוד מעט אנחנו עומדים להיכנס לתוך העיר. And then, as all this is happening, Rav Goren, who joins them, and he writes this in his uh, memoir as well, in, in his report, 
that all the while he was doing what he thinks according to halacha is, is, has to be done, which is that the Kohen Meshuach Milchama, so to speak, blows the shofar and encourages the troops with the shofar, and so forth. Here you hear him. And when they are there and the Temple Mount is now under control of the soldiers of Israel, Matagur makes the pronouncement. Wow. means stop shooting. Right. No reason to shoot. We're here. We 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 are home free, so to speak. We are home. That's for sure. I have a um, a surprise for you, Nachum. I yeah. found another segment that we never had. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and, this is, and this is post Harabaya Dana. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Sure. wow. I I don't know where it was. Don't know how I didn't see it. Just two of them, actually. Mm. One is Rav Goren reading what they call Pekudat Hayom in the army. They have, you know, the day, the, the uh, I don't know what to call it. the command, uh, command of the day? Command of the day or the... Uh, Assignment of the day? Whatever it is, a, a description of the day. I don't have a good translation of it yet. I just got it into my hands yesterday. Okay. So I'll play it and we can both... Uh, do a little translating um, together, but listen carefully to how he describes what's happening. What was liberated? Beit Hamikdash, Har Habayit, and the coat. מקום בית מקדשנו, נחמו, נחמו, עמי יאמר אלוהיכם, זה היום קיווינו לו, נגילה ונשמחה בשועתו, חזון כל הדורות, נתגשם לעינינו, עיר האלוהים, מקום המקדש, הר הבית והכותל המערבי, סמל הגולה המשיחית של העם, נגאלו היום על ידכם, גיבורי צבא ההגנה לישראל, קיימתם היום הזה את שבועת הדורות, Yerushalayim <laughs> Wow. 
שיעלו ויבואו להפיל תחינה לאל בורא עולם. לזכות הגדולה ביותר של כל עם ישראל, שחררתם את בית המקדש ואת הכותל המערבי. יישר כוחך. שחררתם את בית המקדש ואת הכותל המערבי. Those words are so full of so many messages. Yeah. So many alerts to what they have just accomplished historically for the Jewish people. Mashiach. And he said it. He said it. And I have one more new piece that I'm going to use. I hope we have time. Keep going, Mayor. Okay. We never knew. At least I never knew that in addition to the Kel Malay, which we always play, Rav Goren said Kaddish. Here we go. Is he saying L'Sha'ah? B'Sha'ah Hazot B'Yerushalayim. Oh, my gosh. He's not saying L'Sha'ah. He started, he start, right. He started oh. by saying oh. L'Sha'ah Hazot B'Yerushalayim. Oh, and then he year. realized, right. this not L'Sha'ah, but I mean, next day. year, right. Instead of not saying this that, year, he switches. Not next year in he, Jerusalem. Not this year in Jerusalem. Today in Jerusalem. Right. Wow. Wow. He switches from next year in Jerusalem to this year in Jerusalem to this moment in Jerusalem. Wow. Keep going, Mayor. Okay, last segment. Azkara, Tkiyat Shofar. Ba'it naruch azkara, l'zeichech halalei tzal, shenaflu b'marachah azot, neged kolei v'israel. 
Mayor Weingarten during this uh, strange and challenging year where we feel even more disconnected from Jerusalem than usual. I say thank you to you and wish you a Chag Sameach. I thank you for this platform that you have created for all of Am Yisrael and for allowing me to share it with you on the special occasions. It is uh, just a remarkable Yom Yerushalayim special as pointed out by so many of our listeners. Yeah. Every time Mayor presented a Yom Yerushalayim special, especially with the sounds of 1967, it made for an incredible Yom Yerushalayim special. Hope you've enjoyed today's Yom Yerushalayim special. Time to say good Shabbos with Journeys at JM and the AM. Special blessing.
Yisrael, Nachimachem, our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners, sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NachumSiegel.com, on the NachumSiegel Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. Wraps up an amazing and incredible Friday, Erev Shabbos, Yom Yerushalayim special here at JMNAM. Thanks so much for tuning in. Spread the word, everybody. Spread the word that this is a Yom Yerushalayim special worth revisiting, certainly all day today as one prepares for this upcoming Shabbos Mevorachim. A lot of people commenting on the app about how much they miss Mayor, and thanks for sharing the segment with Mayor Weingarten. Um, what can I say? It wouldn't be Yom Yerushalayim here without that, that's for sure, to say the least. And... Um, I thank you all for tuning in. Great programming all day long, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem, including our Erev Shabbos show with Mark Zomik, starting at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. Tomorrow night, Saturday night, Siegel with Avrami and Rabbi Eliezer, Rabbi Eliezer's Wickler. Sunday, it's Matis with JM Sunday at 7 a.m. And Monday, we are back here at JM the AM. By the way, Tuesday morning, Eitan Katz will visit us. Have a wonderful Shabbos, great weekend. Until next week, Nachum Siegel reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.